All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Ballhawks podcast on this beautiful, sunny uh, December 12th day here in the central Okanagan. Kind of fitting today is the, you know, December 12th, 12-12, and the 12s pulled off uh, a convincing win. So uh, I'm your host today, Steve Fisher. You can find me on Twitter at SSFisher87. And I know Chris is paying attention to that because, well, it's just, it's intu- it's intuition at this point. We can we kind of know what each other are doing. Uh, yeah, T- tough tough week all around. Uh, this is the earliest we've ever uh, done a live show, so it, it feels a little bit weird not you know watching all the games throughout. But we will get through it. Uh, remember, if you are watching on Twitter. Uh, the the comment feature is not working, so if you want to jump in with us to comment, uh, go follow or I guess go check out our YouTube or Facebook uh, streams, and you can comment in the live chat with us. Uh, I am joined here for a record forty second time, Christopher Watson Phillips. I I would ask how your day is going, but like it's kind of just started, hey. Good day so far, yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I've I've been up for roughly five and a half hours, so um, you know, I've, I've got half half my day out of the way at least. Uh, yeah, definitely good start to the day. Um, didn't do much. I mean, woke up, <laughs> played a little bit of Madden, uh, worked on my parents' Christmas present a little bit. That's about as far as uh, into detail as I will get about on that one, because. Um, you know, in case in case dad's listening, I'm gonna <laughs> keep his secret. You know, um, kids have been pretty good. My daughter passed her swimming lessons, which nice. she was super excited about. Yeah, my my wife uh, didn't think that she was gonna pass this round, um, but she did. Uh, my son passed his round as well. So so on to the next round of swimming lessons that they go. Um, so yeah, no no complaints from me on this. I mean, again, gorgeous uh, sunny Sunday. I. I was thinking earlier, I was like, man, I was like, if I wasn't podcasting at one o'clock today, I was like, maybe I'd actually like get outside and go for a walk or something. It's gorgeous out there. But yeah, whose stupid uh, idea was this? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> guys, don't forget to find me on Twitter as well at PhillipsChris12. Uh, you can also follow the podcast account at ballhawks underscore pod. And one last thing that I cannot complain about because I am starting this podcast with some. 100% pure <laughs> eggnog. We're doing shots of eggnog over here. It's a it's an eggnog pure Sunday for you folks out there. And it, it, it actually is 100% pure eggnog. I don't even have any rum in there to water it down. <laughs> to water it down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when you free pour like I do, it, I mean, the, the rum waters it down a little bit, right? Yeah. It makes it less noggy, let's say. Waters down the creaminess. That's right. Hey, our buddy Ryan Hank joining us over on YouTube. Best Seahawks Ravens podcast out there. Thanks, Ryan. We appreciate that. I would argue we are the number one Seahawks <laughs> and Ravens podcast out there. Uh, probably the, the best Seahawks and Ravens uh, combined podcast in the world, I, I would argue. Yeah. Um, We're like one yeah. of one, right? Hey. One, one of uh, one's good if you're pulling hockey cards and football cards, but exactly, yeah, I like the odds of one and one. 
we start this show uh, on a bit of a somber mood. Uh, obviously, news broke, uh, I think it was Thursday, that uh, Demarius Thomas uh, had died in his house um, just 33 years old. And I, I know that's something Ryan likes to bug me about that I mention my age every week on the podcast, but it does kind of put it into perspective when, you know, you start having people younger than you, uh, passing away. So, uh, just thoughts go out to his family, everything I've seen on social media and things like that. Just talk about, you know, uh, he was one of my favorite players, uh, in our, uh, whistleblowing unicorns league that we always reference here. He was actually my first overall pick of the dynasty that I've created. He was, I think I was picking like 11th out of 12 or something like that. And he was sitting on the board there, uh, picked him up incredible player, but like we've been seeing on social media, um, an even more incredible human being, just all the time he put in with children and kids. And you can really see, uh, how happy that kind of stuff made him. He just had the biggest smile on his face when he, uh, was helping kids. So our thoughts go out to his family, uh, in this time. That's definitely a tough one that you don't want to start a show out with, but, um, yeah. What's your favorite Demaryius Thomas play? Do you have one that you can think of? <laughs> I, I just want someone to say it. <laughs> I mean, we all know there's the, 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 the Tebow bomb in overtime. Um, I have one, but I, I'm not going to say it. it. It's 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 disrespectful to say it because it's it's actually from the Super Bowl that they played against the Seahawks. Oh, so I'm not going to say it. Of course, yeah. yeah. Um, well, the other the other kind of weird connection with that is, uh, I think I told it on our our Tuesday story or our Tuesday show a story about losing fantasy football championships in year one, um, and I was down by like four point one points. And Demarius Thomas comes up with this ridiculous sideline grab. Uh, he's got a player. They were playing uh, the the Cincinnati Bengals, and he had Pac-Man Jones like hanging off of his arm. And Pac-Man's not a big guy. Demarius Thomas is a big guy, uh, and he's basically carrying Pac-Man, like you know, being held from behind. Makes a one-handed catch for forty-four yards, and I'm like, yes, I finally won a fantasy football championship. And he gets called for offensive pass interference because he's just like too strong and too good. Um, I thought it was one of the most ridiculous plays I'd ever seen, even though that play ended up, you know, losing me my championship. It was still a ridiculous play. Uh, speaking of ridiculous plays, Chris, I know you watched the Steelers game. Uh, Steelers are playing. They're down. I can't remember what it was, like 30, 36 seconds left on the clock or something like that. Chase Claypool catches the ball inbounds, and he gives his little first down symbol. Takes a knee and points for the first down. Yeah, like actually goes out of his way to take a knee, points for the first down. And everybody's got to be thinking to themselves, what are you doing, dude? Like, I, I posted this on Twitter. It's embarrassing that this guy's from Canada. Because that's that's like the exact opposite of what like a lot of Canadians take pride in is, um, you know, playing the game, whatever game it is, hockey, football or whatever, playing it hard. And this guy costs his team 
a chance. I mean, they get down to the end zone. Big Ben makes a ridiculous throw to a Pat Freermuth. Uh, and I think it was Harrison Smith made a ridiculous play to pop that ball out to end the game. Now, if he didn't celebrate and ran the ball over, I know he's getting comparisons to Larry Fitzgerald right now. Big Ben probably gets a second shot to go win that game for him. So he, in my opinion, he lost his team potentially a playoff spot uh, with just a boneheaded move. And if that's not bad enough, I didn't really notice this on the first play because I was too busy laughing at him. Uh, I think it was his guard comes over, like sprinting over this 315 pound guard comes sprinting over like, dude, goes to grab the ball from him. And it gets sort of like bobbled between him, uh, you know, him, Claypool and whoever the Vikings defender was. I think it was Eric Kendricks. It was Kendricks. Yeah. And then they get back to the line to, to spike the ball. And Chase Claypool is losing his mind on his own team. I don't know what was said or what he was losing his mind on, but I'm just thinking to myself, it's bad enough you cost your team a chance to win. Now you actually have like, now you're getting into like the morale of people. Like he's, he's just such a bonehead. Ryan chiming in there, Lenny one TD. So I, I'm assuming uh, Lenny Fournette has, uh, has one touchdown already. So cool. I'm so cool happy. That, I'm so happy. Cool Ryan's chiming in on those. Again. Don't you remember um, Ryan trying to make a like boneheaded bet with me? Uh, I yeah. decided to start a hurt Lamar Jackson today, and I am still dominating that matchup. So Ryan, you're lucky. I spared you a little bit of, I don't know, something. <laughs> um, I mean the, the the Claypool thing. It's just it's situational awareness, right? And and I mean chalk some of it up to being a young player. It's only his second year in the league, and you know, use it as a learning experience and, and grow from it. Um, but then there was like the, the press conference where wasn't he like blaming his teammate or something like that? Like he, he didn't take full responsibility. It was the ref. He, he's, blaming the ref. Yeah, yeah, he said it was the ref. Yeah, the ref didn't get there quick enough. And uh, and it's just like, no, like you need to catch the ball, get up, run to the line of scrimmage, place the ball yourself. Like do, do everything you can to speed up the process. Yeah. Um, and so again, it, it, it I don't want to beg on the guy too much. I, I quite like Chase Claypool, um, which I can't believe I'm saying because he plays for the Steelers. And I think part of that is because he is from Vancouver. He is, yeah, I mean, he, he grew up in the same province that we grew up in. Um, and, and I like the style of football that he plays. I, I think he plays hard football. Um, so I, I, and I mean, I have him on my fantasy team. Let's, let's also <laughs> throw, throw that little uh, caveat in at, at the end there as well, that I have him on my fantasy team. Yeah, um, like I, I think I tweeted out great player in terms of like his skill. What like the skills he possesses to be a number one receiver are definitely there. But do you even call it growing pains at this point when it's just like time and time and time again? There's like the example of him posting, you know, when this last year the Steelers were eleven and zero, and it's like eleven or losing, never heard of her, like. There's there's being like making bad choices like situational football where it's like, oh, shoot, I'm 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 young in the league. I've got to be better with that. But then there's just like he he is a, a grown up. He's he's an adult. There is no way that, you know, you can pass that blame off. He passed the blame off once to his teammate as he's screaming at him for who knows what reason why he's screaming at him. The second time he's then saying like. I got to be better, but 
it's like that backhanded apology. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, but well, that's not a real apology or that's not really taking accountability when you say um, I've got to be better. But I knew we were on the hash. No, you didn't. You looked at film afterwards and thought to yourself, how am I going to explain my stupid actions on this one? Uh, and you decided to use the refs as your scapegoat. Uh, uh, sorry, Ryan chimed in again here as well that uh, you're lucky you're not 38 like me, Steve, or your body would be falling apart. Because <laughs> I'm a Steve, man. I'm 40. In case, in case anybody hasn't heard the last few, last few weeks, Steve is only 34 years old. Just a spry young man here with just a better mustache than Ryan could ever hope for. (laughs) I mean, I I even did the mustache to, you know, to to put up our end of the bet here, Ryan. Uh, I know we did bet that the loser of our fantasy football would shave their mustache off. So I think I'm risking a lot more because my mustache is amazing. Getting my inner Joe Flacco Fu Manchu going here. And uh, uh, we have uh, the other half of the PP1 podcast. PP1 podcast chiming in here. Mr. Ted Wong coming in saying, I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> um, how about how about this news that came out kind of earlier in the morning? And that's Derek Henry is expected to be back potentially for playoffs. 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 Yeah, he this this guy is absolutely unreal. Like what he was doing this year, we talked about it earlier. He was on pace to be, you know, a league MVP, not just, you know, MVP of his team. He's still he's still fourth in rushing yards. Fourth place in rushing yards. And I don't think he's played since what, week six? seven somewhere in that range he hasn't played for a long time so really cool to see you know a guy not have his season fully derailed when he was doing something special um i've been kind of on this thing about you know there's been a lot of star injuries and the league is a better and more fun league to watch when derrick henry is running the football so even though it's probably a team in the afc that the ravens would have to get through if they make the playoffs um, I still want the best version of that team, and the league is better when Derrick Henry is uh, running the ball. And Ted just chimed in. Even if they just bring him in for goal line packages, it would be a boon to that offense. It's true. You know, situational the, kind of football if he's healthy. Wasn't the plan all along, though, for or the, 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 the timeline for Derrick Henry to be back for playoffs? Like, all along, wasn't it like a... I think they said eight week injury and I would have him back, like miss the the remainder of the regular season, but have him back for playoffs. And I mean, if he comes back for the playoffs and he's healthy and ready to go, that that gives the Titans a huge boost. Oh yeah. Getting a a healthy Derrick Henry for the playoffs rather than a, you know, bruised and battered. I've just played 17 regular season playoff games or regular season playoff, regular season games. <laughs> um, and now I'm in the playoffs, Derek Henry. Like it's, I don't know. I wouldn't want to face the Titans in the playoffs if, if that's the case, because they're going to be getting AJ Brown back as well. So that, uh, that offense could all of a sudden um, be at hundred percent health uh, at the perfect time of year. Yeah, I mean, they just got Julio Jones back for today's tilt uh, 
I know that because I had him on one of the fantasy teams. Uh, you know, they're winning games without Derrick Henry. So you got to think if they get their, you know, two of their three stars back for playoffs and they're rested, um, I, I'm just shocked a guy can break any part of his foot, like a broken foot. I could see if it was like a, you know, a pinky finger or like part of his hand and he's just going to use like one hand to kind of rush the ball. But, you know, everything in a running back is all feet. So even though it's, I think it was like his fifth metatarsal or something like that, it's still a broken bone that he's going to try and, you know, rush through grown men uh, without injuring himself. So good for him. Uh, er Early news, obviously we have to do early news here because second games are just, you know, kicking off. Um, the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones, the, what I have dubbed the taking narcissism to a brand new level, the Dallas Cowboys brought their own benches to FedEx field. The first time this has ever happened where a team flew their sideline benches in, uh, to have them at an opposing team's field. And of course it's Jerry Jones who decides to do this. Uh, you like it or you hate it, Chris? It's just Jerry Dick swinging. Like, <laughs> hey, everyone, look how much money I have. I can bring my benches if I want. Like, yeah. he's just dick swinging uh, like Jerry can and uh, and and showing off. I mean, it's some they they were complaining about something about uh, the benches not being heated in New Orleans or something like that last week um, in a in indoor dome stadium. <laughs> they were complaining about the, the benches not being heated. Uh, so they decided to just bring their own. It, it, when whatever, right? it, yeah. Well, like I said, it's it's just Jerry. Jerry's going to Jerry and uh, and and do his own thing. <laughs> Jerry's going to Jerry. And there's Ryan chiming in. It was in a dome. Yes. Like, I, I don't know. Hopefully, the you know, the cow. I don't I haven't looked at the Cowboys schedule, but hopefully they're not playing in Lambo anytime soon because. <laughs> I don't care what kind of benches you have. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? Like, what, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's just like people almost trying to make a, you know, make something out of nothing almost. Like, it, it, oh yeah, like it, it's kind of a nothing thing, but it's the first time a team has ever decided to do that. So it, it, it is one of those things where you're like, you, you have to stop for a second and be like. Let, let's actually assess why they brought it in here. Like, what what would be the point of that? And, you know, if if I'm that team, like, that makes me look a little soft, if anything. I'm like, oh, I need my heated benches to play. Like, we're going to be in Washington. It's going to be cold. Yeah. But, yeah, Jerry just showing off how much money he has. And, of course, it had to be uh, the Cowboys. Sticking with the Cowboys, though. This is an interesting conversation because we've had a conversation about a Cowboys defender, Trayvon Diggs, being potentially the, you know, defensive player of the year. Um, Now, you know, over the last, you know, six, seven weeks kind of idea, Micah Parsons has really come on strong. Uh, Obviously, he's, I think he's the clear and easy front runner for, you know, defensive rookie of the year, probably even just rookie of the year. I would imagine maybe Mac Jones has something to say about that. Um, but does Micah Parsons have a shot at winning, not just defensive rookie of the year, but defensive player of the year? What do you think? I, I don't think so. No, I think, no, I don't. Th- there's still too many, 
there's still too many big name guys in, in the NFL. Like Aaron Donald's still around. Uh, I mean, TJ Watt, who should have won it last year, is uh, making a case to to be defensive player of the year uh, this year. And I just can't see like I can't see the NFL handing that award to a rookie. I can't see them handing mm. Micah Parsons defensive rookie of the year and then also defensive player of the year. Um, it would just, it, it would surprise me um, to see, to see them do that. I don't know if they've, if that's ever been done before. Yeah. I guess I probably should have checked that before coming on here. Um, that's kind of interesting. Cause I almost think the exact opposite. I think it's almost really good for the league that they can start, you know, super hyping rookies, like as long as they deserve it. Right. Like um, if, if he was just like, front runner for defensive rookie of the year or like defensive player or uh, just rookie of the year. I, I can see why you wouldn't, you know, necessarily give him that, but he's doing things that other defenders can't do. Like I'm thinking TJ Watt is the closest thing on the defensive side of the ball. Um, who's having a phenomenal year and is in conversation for defensive player of the year. But if he's in contention for it, like, how good would the league look if they're like, look at this new breath, this new Dallas Cowboy, America's team, like he's the next great, you know, Lawrence Taylor kind of thing. I I, I don't know. I, I kind of see it as like almost like a good thing that they give him the award over like, oh, TJ Watt or like Aaron Donald again. I'm not saying it's, it's a bad thing. I just don't think it'll happen. And, and- Sorry, does the NFL have an overall rookie of the year, or do, is it not just offensive rookie, is it often, defensive rookie? Yeah, you might be right on that, actually. I think it's just, yeah, I think it's just one on each side of the ball, and they don't have like an overall like to do with like the league MVP. Right. Yeah. And uh, Ted chiming in here. Uh, Steve, did you just ferment that stash looking Amazon rainforest thick? No comment. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it. <laughs> If you have eyes, it's pretty obvious when it's darker than my eyebrows. But um, yeah, Let, let's just say I did it for a really good cause and uh, made some money for uh, or helped raise some money for a really good cause. So I'm okay with it. It looks fun. Look like a, next a I wanna, I wanna real you, cheap version you, of Tom uh, Selleck. I want to see you bleach it next time. Do the, do the like Hulk Hogan. That, that's so funny. That's the first thing my student, one of my students chimes up and goes, you look like Hulk Hogan. And I was like, yeah, brother. <laughs> and of course, he he's like the only one that knows what's going on with that one. But he he thought it was great. Uh, OK, let's let's get into our teams here. We don't have a lot of NFL stuff to talk about because it's still going on. Um, we're going to start with the Ravens uh, this week. The game just ended maybe half an hour ago. Uh, a tight loss to the Cleveland Browns on a final score of 24 to 22. Um, uh, right off the start, there was some really key inactive players, fullback Pat Ricard, uh, start like big blocking tight end, uh, Nick Boyle, uh, lineman Patrick McCarry, and then cornerback Jimmy Smith, which uh, kind, kind of surprised a few people. Uh, obviously, with Marlon Humphrey going down, it was thought that Jimmy Smith would start opposite Anthony Averett. Uh, a few people were kind of losing their minds. And then I saw a tweet from someone that said, uh, 
Jimmy Smith is a healthy scratch for today, and before you start losing your mind about him being a healthy scratch, he did not make the trip to Cleveland because him and his fiance uh, just had their baby girl last night. Um, so that's why he was inactive. It wasn't a coach's decision. And I tweeted out, uh, congratulations, Jimmy, and uh, to your fiance as well. Hope mom and baby are doing well. It's about time that people start choosing their family over a game. Like, Remember I, we got into this on Twitter uh, earlier yep. in the season because Carson Wentz yep. was uh, was like, no, I won't miss football. I will uh, I will be at the game even if my wife's in hospital, in labor, giving birth to her. And, we're, and both you and I had <laughs> the same stance. It's like, you're an idiot. Like, no, yeah. go be with your wife. Yeah. So, it's it's uh, just yeah, a good, game. Good for Jimmy Smith, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, mom and baby is uh, you know happy and healthy, and everyone's good. Yeah, yeah. That that like my instant reaction was like, good for you, Jimmy. Like that is what a real man does. I don't care. Like your your football, your fantasy football, your team losing a game. Who really cares? You get one chance in your life to watch your child be born, um, and you know. I, I don't know an instant where or an instance where I would not have been there for the birth of my two children. So good for you, Jimmy Smith. That is what a real man does. It's bigger than football. Bigger than football, man. Um, the I sound like a broken record, but again, this offense starts out slow. Uh, you know, I think the first play was like an eleven-yard catch, and I was like, oh wow here we go. And then it was three and out and then they got the ball back at three and out. Um, so they're hurting themselves with stupid penalties. Um, lots of pre-snap penalties of like, you know, guys lined up wrong, uh, illegal shifts offside, things like that. Uh, along with all the holds that they're getting called for. I don't know what it's going to take for this offense to start, you know, come out gunslinging, but uh, you cannot keep putting yourself into massive deficits and expect to win them all. Uh, earlier in the season, you know, they were making these types of comebacks and they were finishing the games with wins. And, you know, everyone's saying, oh, this is great. This is a resilient team. They're definitely still resilient. The fact that they brought that game back uh, to just a field goal, you know, attempt, they were close to it says a lot about the depth of this team, but the the slow starts have to get cleaned up if they want any sort of chance to make it. Um, Ted and I were talking, he just chimed in there. Refs tried to take away, uh, take the game away and destroy the whole thing at the start of the game. So Ted's our big Browns fan. So, um, you know, him and I were talking throughout the game and it was just like, we kind of came to the consensus. I hate when my team gets hosed by the stripes and I tweeted out stripes gonna stripe but like I don't like it even when my team benefits from those calls where you're like were we really the better team when we you know got pulled out of situations time and time again uh the big one I'm thinking of that gave them three points uh Chris Westry is going down with Jarvis Landry he turns his head to locate the ball there's probably at least four or five steps as he looks in you know, gets the ball. Jarvis Landry is pulling on Chris Westry and Chris Westry almost makes a one-handed defensive interception. He doesn't get it and uh, gets called for pass interference for getting hold held. Uh, so that was pretty frustrating to start the game. 
Um, this offensive line is going to be the death of all of the players. And today, obviously, it was Lamar Jackson. Um, he has no time to do anything. Absolutely no time to do anything. And uh, him getting injured, uh, you can see it in the title of our our show here, uh, Raven season done with a question mark. If Lamar Jackson is out for any amount of time, I, I, I would hope Tyler Huntley can give them a chance to win. I don't know if that's realistic. He does some really great things. He emulates the style of Lamar Jackson very well. Um, he was throwing the ball really well today as well. But if we're talking situational football or, you know, situational awareness, uh, he lost them three points on that first uh, drive of his where it, it looked good. He brought the team down, uh, makes this kind of nice juke play, but doesn't ever think to himself that people can run up behind him. And he fumbles the ball. He had two fumbles in the game, uh, which are backbreakers, uh, especially when it takes three points off the board. So uh, if Lamar's out for any extended time, I I don't want to say the season is over because I'm not like a sky is falling down type person, but there's just like a limit to how much injury this team can physically withstand. Like they lost uh, Calais Campbell for the game with a thigh that he's been battling as well. Um, when you, you can, take... You- you can only overcome so much and remain optimistic for so long. And this Ravens team has overcome a lot of injuries to a lot of players. And we're not just talking like, you know, wide receiver two or, you know, a safety here or there or one of, you know, seven offensive linemen or defensive linemen. It's like, no, it's like they've lost their starting running back. Now their quarterback is hurt. And, I mean, we saw it with Seattle when, when your quarterback gets hurt. Like that's the most important position in football yeah. is your quarterback. And when you lose your starting quarterback, especially when it's a guy like Lamar Jackson, like we're not we're not talking about Jimmy Garoppolo here, people. We're talking about Lamar Jackson, like former MVP, unanimous MVP Lamar Jackson. If if he's out, like I I, I get it, Steve. You don't wanna, you know, you know, wrap up the season tied in the bow and just, you know, send it off into uh never never land to never be spoken of again um but yeah definitely hard to remain optimistic about the the remainder of the season after that yeah ted summed it up really well there like but you can't ask them to get it done with band-aids and bubblegum for the rest of the year right like there's only so much bubblegum you can put over top of a leaking faucet before like it just blows through the bubblegum again and again and again um so it, it's definitely going to be the story of this uh, 2021 Ravens season, to, whether they make the playoffs or not. Um, I think I'm just hopeful and optimistic because they're still at eight wins. Okay, like, do I think they are a Super Bowl contender? Uh, without Lamar Jackson, absolutely not. That's just common sense would tell you that. Um but even with Lamar Jackson, like there's so many season ending injuries um, that I don't know if it's realistic to say that they would be any sort of favorites. I mean, any given Sunday, a team can win. So I would be hopeful. Um, but the reason why I'm not so like sky is falling down is because 
yeah, they're, they're still at eight wins on the season. It, you know, it would be different if they were at, you know, four or three wins and you're like, yeah, they ain't clawing themselves back out of this one. But, um, I'm just, sorry, I'm just pulling up the, the Ravens remaining schedule. So they have, yeah, listen at to home this one. versus the Packers <laughs> on the road to Cincinnati <laughs> at home versus the Rams <laughs> and then at home versus the Steelers. So like, right. Where's the easy a, game in there? Yeah, that, that's a that's a pretty rough four game stretch to to not have Lamar for even one or two of those games is uh, is going to be very detrimental to the Ravens' uh, playoff hopes. Right, and uh, yeah, there's just if he misses, you know, even I I would argue even if he misses the next game, uh, that's probably going to be the end of it um you know a showdown between tyler huntley and uh aaron Rodgers. i don't know if i like my choices there um the only saving grace would be that maybe in a divisional game that would be the the swing because the you know the teams that are closest would be possibly pittsburgh possibly cleveland uh possibly pit uh Cincinnati just because they're all so close together so if you play two of those still uh, you get a chance to knock your people down that are coming up uh, from behind you there so um, a couple positives though I, w- I want to be in some positives here Anthony Everett had a really uh, a nice interception this defense hasn't been getting many turnovers um, so I really I was really happy to see that uh, Mark Andrews is a damn man like when he has the nickname Mandrews, there was a play where he had a 32 yard catch. Uh, the defenders draped on him, makes the catch. The defender still draped on him. He drags that one. He drags a second one. A third one comes in and bumps him. He spins off of that one, keeps dragging them. A fourth defender comes in and they, they manage to get him out of bounds, but they never managed to actually put him on the turf. Uh, so he dragged four guys there. That was really fun to watch. Um, Mark Andrews also in this game, uh, pass or set a Ravens franchise record for the most receiving yards by a tight end. Um, he was just shy of beating that. I want to say it was 2019. Uh, yeah, it was his 2019 season. He was three yards short of Todd Heap, uh, who had 855 yards, and so now Mark Andrews holds that record. He has four more games left. Uh, this is going to be a thousand yard tight end receiver. And uh, every penny they paid him is absolutely worth it. I love this guy. Um, there was obviously the wild ending. Um, they gave themselves a chance to win uh, on a day that they didn't deserve to win a game. Uh, they recovered the onside kick as it, you know, ping-ponged off of a Cleveland Browns guy and Chuck Clark recovered the kick. They they had they had a chance. Um it, it would yeah, it was just a really good chance to win a game they didn't deserve to. Uh I'm just gonna address the the last comment by Ted. Can you talk about the BS narrative people dropping on Lamar being a running quarterback and that's why he gets hurt? Uh, Yeah, here's the interesting part about Lamar Jackson. He's only missed 
two games in his career so far. One was because of a concussion. Uh, on that concussion, he wasn't running the ball. He did not run the ball when he had that concussion. The other one was because of an illness. Well, he didn't run the ball when he was sick. Sorry. Uh, this play, he was not running the ball. He was doing what a pocket passer would do. The, the offensive line gave him no time at all. He rolled out to his right, which would be the natural progression of any pocket passer. Either step up in the pocket, a little hard to do that when you have like five Browns jerseys in front of you. So your other option is to roll out. So he rolls out and he's running for his life, uh, gets the ball thrown away. Uh, yeah, he, he has never been hurt or left a game while running the football. And I just think it's such a bad narrative. It Honestly, I just think it's a narrative for clickbait, to be honest. A lot it's, of these people lazy. want... It's yeah, lazy. it's a lazy take. Yeah, it's, it's a lazy take. I mean, oh, he gets hurt because he runs... Okay, well, like, Russell Wilson likes to run the ball, but Russell Wilson also started 149 straight games. Yeah. So, like, you can't just say, like, you get hurt because you run the ball. Like... It's a contact sport. Things are going to happen. People are going to get hurt. Whether or not you're a rushing quarterback or you're a Tom Brady, like, pure pocket passer. Um, I mean, Tom Brady tore his ACL in 2008. It's just... It, it, Do you remember it, how he tore it? I don't. Wasn't it... I thought it was an offensive lineman that fell into his knee oh, yeah, while yeah. he was in the pocket. Isn't that why uh, the, the league put in the rule about, like, going low on quarterbacks, going right. below the knees? Because, like... I. Uh, a defensive lineman or someone got low and pushed his knee and, and tore ligament. And it's just like, but he was again, in the pocket. He, let, he was in the pocket. He was in the he pocket when the it ball. happened. Right. Yeah, so it's this, just like, it's, it's such a lazy narrative. I, I don't know the actual statistics on this. Maybe if someone's listening, who's way smarter in, you know, football data collection, if you could find out how many quarterbacks have been hurt running the ball versus in the pocket. I mean, the numbers are going to be skewed because more quarterbacks technically are pocket passers um but i would say per capita it's got to be way higher um so uh, yeah it's just a, it's a lazy take from people who are still stuck in this old guard mentality where it's like you look different so you can't be what we want you to be like you're not you're not a quarterback because you don't do what i've been trained to see as a typical quarterback and it's yeah it's coming I've, from people. I've never in seen the, somebody yeah. play quarterback like you play quarterback. <laughs> Therefore, you're a bad quarterback, and you're you're just a a running back and and who who throws the ball or whatever the yeah. whatever the narrative of the day is regarding Lamar Jackson. Yeah, just know that it's an instant block from me if you have that take because I can't fix stupid. Sorry. And, and that is like, I, I don't like to say, you know, blatantly negative things about people, but that is stupidity because you're just basing it on like a, a reactionary type uh, thought that you have and it's not correct. Like it's just so false that it's, it's painful to listen to. So um, anyways, enough about the Ravens. That was uh, a tough loss, but the sky is not falling. I know your Seahawks did a lot better, Chris. My Seahawks did do a lot better. Um, Seattle played one of their rare 10 a.m. games, had to travel out to the Eastern time zone down to Houston and take on the Texans. And uh, 
came away with the 33 to 13 victory over the Houston uh, Texans. Um, honestly, it was a bit of a boring game. <laughs> like neither side, like it wasn't like overly exciting football from either side. Um, I don't think there was a turnover in the entire game. Um, I think there was maybe two total sacks in the entire game. Um, so not, not a lot of excitement, um, but a win's a win, and, I, and I'll take it. Um, also, we're talking about QBs that produce MVPs. So, um, <laughs> Ted talking about Lamar yeah, there. But that's a good it, point. sorry. Anyways, um, yeah. So it, the Houston started the game with the ball, and Houston has named Davis Mills, rookie quarterback, uh, as their starting QB for the rest of the year. Tyrod Taylor is. Uh, gonna keep, be keeping that bench warm um maybe they could use him down in dallas i don't know um but uh <laughs> opening drive davis mills went like six for six uh drove the team 75 yards down the field for an opening game touchdown uh Thanks. to mr brevin jordan who was standing in the back corner all by himself nobody was covering him <laughs> And I was all I could think was, oh man, like are the Seahawks really going to get shredded by Davis Mills and the Houston Texans today? Like this game is not off to a great start. And then Seattle goes down the field. They can only muster a field goal on their opening drive. Um, and just again, thinking like, you know, classic Seahawks football going to have one of those let down games uh, where, you know, maybe they're looking past the Texans. Cause I think they have, I think we have the Rams next week. Um, so, you know, maybe looking, looking past Houston and, and already thinking about the, the very important game against LA next week. So, but Seattle managed to turn it around. Um, Russell Wilson missed quite a few um, crossing routes to Tyler Lockett today, which was, I guess, uncharacteristic for him. Uh, Russ finished the game. 17 for 28 for 260 yards and a touchdown. Um, but the thing with Russell Wilson is, like I said, there was two total sacks all game. Russ didn't get sacked today. Wow. Must be nice. Holy. His, <laughs> yeah. Dude, like, that's shocking. It's it, it, very shocking that, uh, that Russ remained upright today because I don't think that has happened ever in the 10 years that he's been in seattle i don't think he's gone a whole game without being sacked man that's embarrassing um, the texans are just starting all new sorts of lows here hey like you're just ripping on them last week for a second shutout now they're right. like they can't even bring rust down yeah so um so kudos to the offensive line for keeping russell wilson uh upright and keeping his jersey clean today um Shout out to Tyler Lockett. He finished the game five receptions, 142 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he has surpassed 1,000 yards receiving this season uh, and is now only the second player in Seahawks history to have three consecutive 1,000-yard uh, seasons. Wow. Uh, so he joins Steve Largent as the only Seahawks players to to accomplish that feat. It's a pretty good so company. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, if... if uh, I know he's got a new contract, so if Russ sticks around, uh, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Lockett becomes the only Seahawks receiver uh, to 
surpass a thousand yards four consecutive seasons in a row. Um, DK Metcalf was a little bit quiet today. He did have a touchdown that got, got called back on a Gabe Jackson, um, holding penalty. Um, Amanda Robbins commented here versus SF tech. We're not quite sure what you mean there, Amanda, if you want to maybe clarify in the comments there on YouTube, what, uh, what you're referring to. Um, Is it maybe calling them like a college team? Probably. Possibly? Yeah. Uh, I, so, I like the slander if that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I, I tweeted out earlier today. Um, Is Rashad Penny about to become a thing? <laughs> and uh, I, I've had a lot of people like it. And then, of course, there's a lot of people being like, it was the Texans. And I'm like, yeah, it was the Texans, but they're still a professional football team. And, I mean, realistically, they're not even the worst team in the NFL. That uh, <laughs> that crown is still being worn by the Detroit Lions. So, uh, Rashad and the Penny Jaguars are the worse game. technically. They're not even. They're yeah. not even the second worst team. Like, I mean, they're the third worst team, but they're not even the worst two teams in the league. So, yeah, yeah, they're still a professional football team. Like, you've got to bring your A game. Yep. Uh, Rashad Penny finished the game with 16 carries for 137 yards and two touchdowns. He averaged 8.6 yards (laughs) per carry, which is that good? It's not, not good. (laughs) (laughs) And again, I don't care who the opponent is. They're all teams in the NFL. It's not like they're playing, uh, you know, some like, it's not like college football where it's like Alabama is scheduled a game against Appalachian state or something like that, or some lower, lower tier college football team. It is two professional football teams squaring off head to head. And Rashad Penny went off today. So yeah. uh, shout out to him for, for having a huge game and coming out of the game. But it sounds like things he's still healthy, which is, uh, you know, quite possibly a, a bigger feat than him actually putting up those types of numbers is that he finished the game healthy uh, for possibly the first time in his career uh, that he's, he's managed to escape any, any type of injury or, or, you know, pull a hamstring or, or whatever, whatever else uh, has, has popped up in, in his injury riddled career. Um, I think the defense missed Jamal Adams today. Yeah. They How were missing. They yeah, they were just they were missing something, and they were just missing that 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 little extra edge, that little I don't know. They, they didn't seem to have a lot of excitement. Like a guy would make a big tackle or or uh, or get a sack or whatever, and there was no like jumping up and down and like and or anything like that. So I, they're definitely missing Jamal, and I mean, uh, no clearer sign than Quandre Diggs. Uh, he, he had his towel sticking out of his pants, and he had uh, the number thirty three written on on the towel there so no clear sign that they're missing jamal than uh than quandre's uh you know little subtle shout out to to him um other than that like i said i don't have a lot to talk about from this game today because it wasn't just like it was just like i don't know like a just a regular like nothing overly exciting happened uh all game i mean russ's deep ball is back that's for sure uh, he hit, uh, like, like I said, he missed Lockett on, on quite a few crossing routes, uh, but he hit Lockett with an absolute beauty of a moon ball for a deep touchdown. Uh, and I tweeted it, and I'm going to say it here as well. 
Russell Wilson throws the best deep ball in the league. Ooh. Hold on. Let, let me hide this so you guys can see my Twitter handle and feel free to at me on that one. Russ throws the best deep. So what does that put them at? I, are they five and eight now? Five and eight. So, uh, that's, so they that's are... not very far off of a playoff spot. No, it's funny. I'm actually, oh, my goodness. I've got the, the Niners-Bengals game on in the background here, and they actually just showed um, the the NFC standings. It's wild. It is so and tight down there. They're one game back. They're one game back. They're one game back of the Washington football team, uh, who does hold the tiebreaker over Seattle, of course. Um, but depending on how this 49ers-Bengals game goes, they're also only one game back at the 49ers, um, potentially. And we all know that who holds the tiebreaker in that one, right, Niners fans? <laughs> and I mean, like, this is how tight this div- uh, sorry, this conference is. So those are the, the two teams, Washington and San Francisco, Fran- San Francisco that they just, you mentioned, uh, game back there. They, they're a game back of Minnesota. They're a game back of Philly. They're a game back of Atlanta. And they're a game back of New Orleans, who are all fighting for that last spot. So it to me, it's pretty wild that when you were talking, you know, just a handful of weeks ago about Geno Smith starting and, you know, after his losses in the starts, you, you, you know, you're thinking to yourself, the only couple teams were worse than in this or better than in this conference are like Detroit and Detroit. That's it. And now you're talking that this team could sneak itself into the playoffs. Who who do they have left in their schedule? Uh, Let me pull it up here. Like I said, I'm pretty sure next week is the Rams. Uh, Yeah. So next week they go to LA and then they're at home versus the bears at home versus the lions. And then they close off the season in Arizona. Hmm. So, I mean, so, a, a couple tough matches in there, but uh, it's definitely possible uh, given the state of affairs in the NFC. But it, it's kind of wild. That's it's the exact same thing in the AFC, just different records that are doing that. Like you're you're watching that game thinking to yourself, yeah, OK, I need the Niners to lose. And I'm watching that game thinking, man, I need the Bengals to lose. Like right. this, this is the best part of football is like all of these situational things that kind of, uh, how, how the, how the playoff picture shapes up towards the end of the year seems to always be wild. And yeah. I, I don't know how the schedule makers do it or like how the NFL gets lucky that it's not like, you know, Oh, it's week 15 now. And all the playoff spots are taken care of like, ha ha. And we just have a few weeks of nothing games. It, it's never like that. No, um, and it, it, it's been, uh, I mean, you know, you look at those final four games for Seattle, and, and I'm not going to say any game is going to be an easy win by any means. Uh, but a lot of people are going to look at those that schedule and say, oh, well, there's no way they beat the Rams and there's no way they beat the Cardinals. Yeah, but those divisional matchups, like you just never know. Those divisional yeah, matchups are the totally. hardest games to predict. Because they, they know each other so well. Like, the only easy game to predict is my fantasy football team playing Ryan Hank's fantasy football team right now. It's an easy win. Like, I, by the way, I'm dominating him. He said, man, TB12 just shredding today. Yeah, he just shredded one to Mike Evans. Who I have on my team? 
You better <laughs> you better say your uh, last goodbyes to that mustache, Ryan, because it's going to be cold jumping in the lake with no mustache. Name the league, like the TV show, the league. <laughs> Can be found on Disney Plus. <laughs> Weird. Linda Morris, Vark Tech. Sorry, Linda. I don't know what that means. Um, okay, let's uh, let's get into everyone's favorite segment of the week, the third down segment. Take it away, Chris. Uh, you look yeah. confused. I'm working on it. Do you know I what the third confused. down there is? There it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to explain this too and answer all the questions. Yeah, no, I, I, I figured it out, guys. Uh, <laughs> yes, the third down segment is back for another week, and it is, again, presented by Bad Tattoo Brewing in Kelowna, B.C. Um, they <laughs> brought to you by the 108th Grey Cup. <laughs> no. no, Ryan, wrong show. Um, yes, Bad Tattoo Brewing in Kelowna. Go sign up for the Bad Tattoo uh, beer club at badtattoobrewing.com. You can order their beer anywhere in Canada and get it shipped right to your doorstep. Uh, whether that be, I've said it before, in uh, you know Victoria all the way to Bonaventure, uh, you know all across the nation, you can order Bad Tattoo Brewing's fine beer. I've been enjoying my advent calendar. Uh, we're on day twelve today. today. Uh, I've got the patio pink lemonade. Uh, which ha- which is a repeat. I have had that one already in my advent calendar, um, but I don't mind having it as a repeat. It was really good the first time. I imagine it's going to be just as good this second time round. And it's funny this this advent calendar has actually had quite a few sour beers, um, and I've drank them all, and they've yeah. all been delicious. And I I've always said no, I don't like sours. I don't like sours, and like so often I'll. Like, well, like I'll try this one. This one sounds good. Maybe this is maybe this is the one that finally like suckers me in and, and gets me into sours. And I like crack it open, take take a couple sips, try to force myself through it, <laughs> through it, and then I just dump it out. Um, haven't had that happen with Bad Tattoo, and I'm starting to think it's because they use uh, fresh ingredients, no syrups, no extracts. Uh, you know, if it's a patio pink lemonade, they're using you know pink lemonade and 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 making it happen that way. So. Fantastic. And, and they just came out with their uh, oat milk stout is now available in liquor stores and down uh, at their uh, locations in Penticton and Kelowna. You can find it online as well. And then they have their Zen Chai Ooh. dessert stout coming out as well on their uh, through their beer club. So go sign up, guys, at badtattoobrewing.com if uh, get that one ordered to your doorstep because it sounds pretty tasty. Steve and I... Uh, <laughs> We're discussing it the other day, and they're contemplating splitting a case on that one. So, yeah, like I mean, obviously it's it's stout season, right? So you got your your oat milk stout. Uh, I, I'm in for stouts all the time in the winter. Uh, definitely going to be trying that one out. But I've never heard of a chai stout, and it. I know uh, a guy that was just commenting, uh, our buddy Ted Wong there. I know he brought me a chai beer in the spring kind of summer and it was really good. So when you said it was a chai stout, I'm like, yeah, I, I could see myself trying that one or, you know, getting a, a couple handfuls of those ones. Yeah. Um, also, guys, they got TVs down there. It's still football season. Go down, get a pizza, try out all of the beers. If 
you know, if you're like, well, I can't decide between a stout, you know, an oat stout or a chai stout or the, I don't even know if they have the patio pink lemonade, or I'm sure they still have this one on tap, the chocolate peanut butter stout, uh, sorry, chocolate peanut butter porter. Go down, try a couple flights. Uh, you'll see what we're talking about with fresh ingredients. Uh, delicious beer. And all day Sunday, guys, uh, it is two for one pizzas. So get in there. Go watch some football, eat some pizza, drink some beer. It's uh, that's pretty, Sunday. And that's Sunday. That's pretty Sunday. good Sunday, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this week for the third down, again presented by Bat Tattoo Kelowna. Uh, last week we discussed uh, Christmas movies, and I, I kept it to live action. You kind of gave me a sour face, as though you had just sucked on a lemon. Uh, so this week I'm gonna run it back. We're sticking with Christmas movies, but Ooh. this week we're gonna go cartoons. Christmas cartoons. <laughs> you know what? You're you're really hitting these uh, these Christmas graphics on on the live show here. Uh, I'm hoping people are are, are liking them because I am. I feel a little chilly now. I got to go put a sweater on. It's snowing on me. <laughs> <laughs> what is this one? Uh, anyways, <laughs> sorry, I got I got distracted by wow my. Uh, my fancy graphics there. Ooh, piece um, of candy. <laughs> so this week for the cartoon matchups. So first matchup, uh, first of all, Steve, are you ready? I thought you weren't even going to ask, but you know I'm ready. Let's do it. Third down. All right. Well, that's why I wasn't going to ask, but I figured I, you know, better just double check just in case you had to like, you know, take a pee break or something. No, like that. I would have roasted you on it. So good yeah. thing you stopped. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't roast me on the, on the pee breaks. We all know who the <laughs> resident uh, person Small is on this show bladder. that needs to take pee breaks all the time. Uh, so the first matchup, we have Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer versus Frosty the Snowman. Ooh. Couple Start... couple classics. Yeah. When I say Rudolph, the only one I'm talking about is the Claymation one because that's the only one that matters. Um Frosty the Snowman, it's the original, not Frosty Returns or anything weird like that. Because Frosty Returns is kind of weird. Nobody really likes that one. Nobody talks about it because it's, it's, nobody likes it. So I probably have seen it once, but I, I can't even remember what happens in the Frosty Returns. Yeah. Yeah, that's how insignificant it is. Um, you know what? Both feel-good stories. Uh, when you think Christmas or holiday season, you naturally kind of gravitate to a couple things might be building a snowman it might be santa and his reindeer well in this matchup i have to choose between two of those like which one of my kids am i going to kick out of my car essentially is what you're asking me to do here both of them <laughs> some days it's like you know what both of them <laughs> get out um you know usually you leave these till like the last one you you give me like kind of like a gravy matchup off the start i'm really disliking this version of chris's third down just so you know um ryan says frosty comes back as evil t1000 and shape shifts to destroy christmas wow i think you have the wrong movie again right yeah, i think that's a ryan random thought of the day um i think i have to go with Rudolph. Yep, I got to go with Rudolph. And I think just because I I love the abominable snowman part in that, like, I don't know why, as soon as you say Rudolph, the, you know, the claymation one, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, the, this, the abominable snowman part of it. So that's why I'm picking it. 
Yeah. Stupid reason, but I'm a picking. Elf. It. I want to be a. I want to be a dentist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, yeah. The little like. What? Oh yeah, that's what it is. Whoever like the the head elf. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. No, Ru- Rudolph. It's a. Cl- I mean, you couldn't really go wrong here. But yeah, Rudolph is is a classic, and I mean, it, it's one that both these shows. I I remember watching as, as a kid, and now I get to watch them with my kids, which, which is a lot of fun. So. Yeah. Uh, for the next matchup, um, I guess slight caveat on, I, I know I said this is the cartoon matchup, but this one I had to include in this one. Uh, it's a triple threat match Ooh. Of, of how the Grinch stole Christmas because hmm. there are three versions. And like I said, it, slight caveat because the, the Jim Carrey one is, of course, live action, but I guess two out of three being cartoon uh, isn't so bad, right? That's a, that's why it got, it got included in the, in the cartoon round. Oh, so man, of the three, so we have the original cartoon, we have the Jim Carrey version, live action, and we have the newest rendition, which I think was 2019, where Benedict Cumberbatch uh, voices the Grinch. Uh, so of those three, like I said, triple threat match. Who's your winner? Um, well, I haven't actually seen the the newest one. And that's because the cartoon original was so good. And the actual, the Jim Carrey one was just as good. So there was no need to watch a third one. Like, if, if you do it well in live action and you do it well in cartoons, why do you need to do it a third time? So I haven't seen the Benedict Cumberpatch one. Uh, on, on classic cartoons like this i almost hate every single time that they do a live version of it but jim carrey is so good in that movie like he is so good you always think that it's it's not gonna live up to the hype of the original like nostalgic feelings you get on the on the cartoon ones but for this one i'm picking the jim carrey one Wow! i I think he's just he is so masterful in the role of the Grinch. Like you couldn't have cast that to a better person than Jim Carrey. It's because he's so good at like acting with his face, like his facial feature. Like he's so good at at manipulating his face. And and that is what like really makes him succeed in that role. Um, If, if I were picking, which I'm not, because I'm the host, um, I, I would pick the, uh, original cartoon version of how the Grinch stole Christmas. Um, fun fact that is every Christmas Eve, my, after the kids go to bed, uh, Nadine and I watch that, uh, as like the last thing we do before we go to bed. Actually. Really? So, how, yeah, how many, how many know, years has I, that been going? Uh, 10 at least. Wow. I would say, I mean, we've been in, we've been in our house for nine years. Um, so I mean, at least nine years, but we've been together for 13 or something like that. So <laughs> good thing. She doesn't listen to this folks or I, something like honestly, that. Honestly, I, I only count, uh, married anniversaries. Now I don't count dating anniversaries or engaged anniversaries or once you get married, there's only one day that matters at, after that point. Every and, day, uh, Chris, every day matters. Well, that's why I said one day. It's only one day that matters. One day at a time, the current day. <laughs> one, one day at a time, exactly. <laughs> Good save, Steve. Good save. <laughs> Follow us for more uh, marital advice on how to get out of sticky situations. 
Yeah, yeah. Follow Steve. Don't listen to what I do. <laughs> my, my my wife hasn't seen my. I don't know. I don't know if you saw the the, the tweet earlier. Um, about, oh, I uh, did actually. Yeah, I... my my wife hasn't seen that because my wife doesn't have Twitter. If uh, if my wife sees that, and please don't anyone send don't do what uh, Ryan Hanks' friends did to, with his wife and <laughs> sent her the tweet. Don't send my wife the tweet. She will. I will. Uh, be in the bit I'll, i will be in the doghouse if she sees that probably <laughs> well just in case you guys Twitter? you know you're you're a curious audience i i know you people you you want to know what's going on right you want to be in the know in the ball hawks people so christopher says my wife quotations why do i want sausage so bad today end quote chris does the meme where the guy's face comes across in that very like devilish little grin look so you know if, if you know chris's exactly wife what I did. make sure you uh make sure you send that back to her please and thank you at phillips chris 12 if you need actual proof of it <laughs> yeah it, it it i mean that that gif was perfect because i was like that's exactly what my face looked like when i looked at yeah. it when she said it so look you, you set me up that? for it you set me up yeah. for it i've gotta like i've gotta hit the home run if you're gonna like send me a meatball but babe the kids are awake <laughs> They don't know that's usually, the difference. That's usually the excuse I hear all the time. No, the kids are awake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, we have some more matchups on our third down. Um, <laughs> I think. Uh, we have Mickey's Christmas Carol, which there's a lot of renditions of the Christmas Carol. There's a Muppets one. There's a Flintstones one, which Flintstones is quite good as well, actually. Um, I chose Mickey's because it's probably my favorite one uh, versus Charlie Brown's Christmas. Hmm. I knew as soon as you said this was going to be a cartoon theme one that it was going to be a really tough one. Um, like I, I severely dislike this new Chris. He hits me with a heavyweight matchup followed by a triple threat followed by another heavyweight matchup. Um, so thank you very much for that. I am going to... Look, I've said it before, when it's a tight matchup for me, I go with the one that I think I've seen the most because that's got to tell me something. And I think I've seen Mickey's Christmas a little more uh, than Charlie Brown. But they're both just, they're both classic, again, just great shows that you you want and have to put on all, like every holiday season. Steve doesn't have cable, I doubt he has any seen any of those. <laughs> this was before <laughs> cable came out, Ryan. You wouldn't know. Yeah, so I'm going with, yeah, I'm going with Mickey. Mickey, wow. That, uh, I, I think that's going to be, that, that's the first upset of the day. Really? Um, yeah. Why Charlie is that Brown's such an upset? Christmas. I love Charlie Brown's Christmas. And it, well, so again, do I. Like I said, there's so many different renditions of, you know, such and such cartoon characters, Christmas Carol. Um, that and whereas Charlie Brown is like it's just it's a classic. It uh, it, it it's one of my must watch Christmas Tim, shows. Tim every still year. dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, call oh. me a sucker for violence or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. Final matchup. Then uh, we have Yogi's first Christmas, uh, which again. I haven't seen that one in, in a number of years. Mm -hmm. It's becoming harder and harder to find on TV, but it's one that I remember watching a lot as a kid uh, for anyone that hasn't seen it. Of course, that's when Yogi bear comes, gets awoken from his hibernation uh, to, and 
gets to celebrate his first ever Christmas. Versus, this is a relatively newer one. This is actually probably the newest one on the uh, on the slate. Olaf's Frozen Adventure. Oh. Which is a really good one, actually. So I guess this is a battle of, like, my nostalgia versus probably what my kids' n- nostalgia is going to be. Um, yeah, two, two characters celebrating Christmas for the first time and finding out what it's all about. Right. Um, I... I have seen Olaf's Christmas much more recently than I've seen Yogi. Like I want to say I was still a kid the last time I saw Yogi's Christmas. Um, but if my daughter ever listens to this podcast when she's older and finds out that I went against her obvious choice, uh, she will disband me. So I'm going to go with Olaf's frozen Christmas. We, we just watched that one recently, and like I said, that one's so good. It's just super cute, and uh, fun fact, I actually saw that one in theater. Really? Um, yeah, because so that one was actually released. Um, so when we took Olivia to the movies for the very first time, we took her to go see Coco. Oh, yeah. And this played before Coco. So, like, oh. think about taking a, a three-year-old to the uh, well, because Olaf's Frozen Adventure is only like half an hour long, right? Right. So, like, think about taking a three-year-old to the movie and like, you're like, oh, are they going to sit through this two-hour movie? And then you add an extra half hour onto that. Wow. Yeah, she she did great. My son would not have, but he didn't have to be there. <laughs> he didn't have to worry <laughs> about that. <laughs> um, quick recap here. So we have uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You chose the Jim Carrey version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Mickey's Christmas Carol, and Olaf's Frozen Adventure. Steve, as I ask you every week, what's your MVP? Uh, I think it's a two-horse race here. I really think it's between the Grinch and Rudolph. And I think I'll probably get crucified if I pick a real rendition version for my cartoon win. Uh, So I'm going to go with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer leading my team to a victory and Santa and his sleigh. Nope. Sorry, (laughs) you didn't get the first down, Steve, because you chose the wrong version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So once again, Steve walks away, head in his hands, in shame, because he's cost his team the game once again. Well, there's always fourth down. I can always go for it on fourth down. It doesn't always work. No, but you threw you threw an interception. <laughs> Wait, was it a pick six? Uh, yeah, game's over. Okay, so I have the ball back. Is what you're saying? All nope, right, game's over. Pick six with no time left on the clock. <laughs> and there was a flag on the play. I think. Yeah, on uh, the offense. Yeah. Um, okay. I think that's kind of all we have. It's a little bit of a shorter episode than we usually do. That might be because we, uh, started it, you know, six plus hours earlier than we normally do. Uh, Ryan chiming in saying, I think he should get a fourth down. That's because we're mustache friends now. So I agree with you, Ryan. Um, Chris is a dirty lying cheater. Um, but we already knew that. Um, so yeah, uh, obviously tough day for the Ravens. Um, as we were finishing that up, I just read a tweet from Patrick Queen saying, at NFL, hope y'all find who is throwing food at us. So 
Wow, Ow. that's a little aggressive. I know. I know there was also reports that uh, the Cleveland fans were screaming and cheering and yelling at Lamar as he got carted off the field uh, through the yeah. tunnel. And actually, uh, one more thing just to mention from Twitter, because uh, our our friend Ryan Hank, who has uh, been joining us here today in the uh, in the conversation, uh, tweeted at us earlier: the Broncos started today's game with ten players, no X receiver which was Demarius Thomas's position. Delay of game penalty was called. The Lions declined the penalty. Uh, so pretty uh, cool uh, moment and, and touching tribute to open the game for, for the Denver Broncos in, uh, in, in Denver. They're uh, honoring Demarius Thomas. I know they have the 88 sticker on the back of the helmet as well, as well there. So I just love when both teams get it. When both teams understand, like it's a, it's a bigger than football moment and it's like, literally the least they could do to you know show the whole world tuning in live that like we care about people more than we do about football um yeah. even one last thing before we jump off this is why we do one the last, show. last thing yeah we do the show a little later i was just reading here tom brady has now passed drew Brees for the most completions in nfl history uh with 7143 and counting so lots Jeez. going on today in the football world um hopefully you guys have enjoyed the show today uh, and i leave as always the last words to my dude chris take it away yeah thanks everyone for tuning in to another episode of the ball hawks podcast presented by the dean blundell network uh we are very happy to to be doing this thing again for you guys uh, episode 42 Check us out on YouTube and Facebook as we do our weekly shows live over there. We are live on Twitter as well. We just can't see your comments on Twitter. So we would uh, like to see you guys interact with us. Um, follow us on tw Twitter at SSFisher87 for Steve. You can find me, Chris, at PhillipsChris12. Don't forget to follow the podcast account at BallHawks underscore pod. You can find us over on Instagram as well. And as always, guys, go Hawks. Peace. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have faults. He had the same amount of faults as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.